Welcome to Family Financial Views from University of Illinois Extension. Hello, everyone. Welcome. My name is Kamaya Walls Bichard, and today we have another great topic for you. It's also a somber topic, but for us, with like a lot of our discussions on personal finance topic, we try to look a lot on the bright side and find some great resources for you. So I'm so happy to be joined today by my two awesome colleagues, and I'll let them introduce themselves. Kathy, you can go ahead. Hi, I'm Kathy Sweedler. I also work with Illinois Extension, and I think this is going to be an important and hopefully semi-entertaining topic to talk about. And I'm Seisha Grabensetter, also the University of Illinois Extension, and pretty pumped to be on today talking about family financial feuds. Yes, it's always fun to, to be on with both of you. So today we're going to be talking about managing financial emergencies. So what are some of the different things that we go through, things that may be caused by natural disasters and other emergencies that affect our life? And what we do know is that the effects of like natural disasters and other emergencies, they can have long-lasting effects on our overall financial financial well-being. Mm-hmm. So preparing for those types of disasters, emergencies can help reduce like the stress and anxiety during those times. And we're going to be using some terms interchangeably. So talking a little bit about disasters and talking also about like emergencies, because we think it's important in this discussion, not just to focus on one or the other, because for yeah. us, we focused a lot on, you know, building like your emergency savings. I think this is important too, though, because when I think of emergencies or or saving up for emergencies, sometimes I'm thinking of things like a car repair or, you know, you dropped your phone in the toilet or something like that, (laughs) which those things are expensive and, you know, can take a big wallop. But then when a natural disaster comes into play, Mm -hmm. sometimes maybe it's a broken window, but sometimes it's much more and much more massive. And so there's a little different mindset to me in terms of preparing for those and thinking about it. So I'm glad we're going to talk about the whole piece, but I do think this is important to focus on right now, the natural Mm -hmm. disaster piece too. Very, very much so. And so when we think of emergencies, um, we're thinking of things that are, are typically are unexpected. And these are circumstances that usually require kind of like immediate action. So they're usually time sensitive. So it's like you get taken care of right now within this time so that you can move on and re- kind of rebuild from it. So I had some good questions for uh, my awesome colleagues here because I started thinking about how we grew up. So all three of us are from different places, how we grew up and some of our background and what it was like for us in the areas that we grew up. How did we prepare for like different emergencies related to like natural disasters and some of the different strategies that our families might have done. So I'm going to kick it off with this question. So if you can think back to like your childhood, you know, what were some of the natural disasters did you grow up with and how did your family prepare for those? So I grew up in California, which is quite different than the Midwest when it comes to natural disasters. And at the time I grew up, the main natural disaster that I remember us planning for talking about was earthquakes because earthquakes are a relatively frequent occurrence Mm -hmm. and you really don't get any warning. So that's a good thing. You don't hide in a basement and worry about it. They just happen. So there was more focus on earthquake insurance, which I don't think we do too much of out here, but also you know, how you secured your household belongings. So, you know, if you had a tall bookcase or a tall piece of furniture, then you anchored it to the Mm -hmm. wall because you didn't want, you know, your china cabinet to fall over and everything to get broken. Nobody put 
pictures, especially heavy pictures like with glass in front of them, over your bed. Because if an earthquake came at night, which, you know, there's a decent chance, then, you know, you don't want things falling on your children. Um, oh so, gosh. you know, you, so I'm still kind of amazed sometimes, you know, I'll see somebody has a picture over their bed. I'm like, oh, no. And then I think, well, we don't really have earthquakes here. So, <laughs> so you know, those mm-hmm. are the things that stay with me. And, of course, in, in school, we had earthquake drills. So, you know, you, you would prepare as a child, you know, and those, they would say it's an earthquake drill. Then you have to get under your desk or table and take cover. So, yeah, yeah that's what I grew up with. Okay. I'm a little in shock because I'm like, earthquake drills? Pictures <laughs> over your bed? What? Like, I can't even, like, fathom that. I grew up in Missouri near Kansas City. And a few things that we worried about were obviously tornadoes. Tornadoes were a big thing for us. And, you know, having to go hide out in the basement, school drills, tornado drills. We did not have earthquake drills, just tornadoes. The other things that we had to, issues with were flooding. I do remember my uncle has a family farm and them having tons and tons of flooding and like having to put up sandbags and making sure to keep the farm safe and keep it dry. Like I remember that being a really big thing growing up. And the other one is ice storms. This actually affected my family a lot. Actually, we had a really big ice storm and it took out all the power in my neighborhood for probably a week. And we got it back on only because like, I think our neighbor had is that he was using uh, oxygen and he needed he needed to be like plugged into the I don't know this could be all be made up but I do remember the ice storms being a big thing and it was freezing in the house and we actually had to go stay at a hotel that had power because it got so bad so those are mine growing up Kamaya yeah my experiences were a little bit similar to Kathy's I did have earthquake drill I grew up in Jamaica <laughs> I grew up in Jamaica so I believe it's the south eastern side of the island and we have what we call a rainy season so our rainy season is in may and Mm -hmm. then it's again in october to november and our hurricane season is usually around june to november so we get heavy rains and we get like lots of tropical storms and hurricanes Mm -hmm. that pass through the island um that island has been very lucky over the years that sometimes it just it doesn't get to like the the dangerous category so it just ends up being like a very um large um storm but for me me growing up and I moved to the U.S. in my late teens so I'm trying to think about like my teenage years um, what were some of the things that we experienced and I believe for us is just my family was always prepared and I will always see my mom with like her um, kind of like her Ziploc bags to make sure that all the documents are sealed mm-hmm. all the important things such as like the birth certificate any school certificate different things like that that she has that to make sure that those things are sealed and also too because of incidents of flooding in the area that I grew up with when there's heavy rains, people do a lot of different things to their houses to make sure that it doesn't get flooded. And so those were some of the things that I saw growing up. I believe I experienced a mild earthquake once um, when I was in high school, but it wasn't... (laughs) <laughs> it wasn't life-changing, but I remember the, the aftershock of it as well. But yeah, those were just some of the things that I grew up with and how we try to prepare for those. Wow. You earthquake people. <laughs> so, you know, when I think about like different emergencies and, you know, the magnitude of emergencies, of course, they vary. And the type of things that we can do to sort of mitigate, to lessen the impact of these emergencies, it kind of depends on where we live, kind of depends on where we are financially. And so when I think about like overall emergencies and how we handle those, I want to ask you about your life now. So I asked you a little bit about, you know, your past growing up and like in different areas 
how you handle that. So what about your life now? We're, we all live in Illinois. What are some of the natural disasters or emergency things that we might encounter and how do you handle some of those? You know, it's interesting that you would ask this question now. And <laughs> But I, um, when I was thinking about it, we had a, a huge hailstorm in the town that I live in, in Urbana. And I mean, honestly, the, the hail was like, two inches. It was huge compared to what we normally get. As a result of that, we had damage to our homes and garages roof and then to our car too, which was pretty new because it was it was significant. It happened throughout the community. And I'm really thankful that we have good insurance and that we've kept it updated. I think this is one of the things that is so easy to forget because you know you have your insurance policy, you pay your bills and it just goes on and on. And after you've done it for a while, it's really easy to forget that you have to go back in, contact your agent or contact your company and say, you know, is this policy up to date? Should I have more coverage because the house has appreciated or I've made changes to the house? And luckily we've done that. And that's, I mean, I guess not luckily, it's something I've been consciously doing. So we have all that in place so that now it looks like we will need to replace our roof. We're going to be getting a significant payment from our insurance company and it's going to make a big difference for our family finances to be able to pull on that and and to use that money. Now that we haven't done all the estimates and things, so I don't think it will cover all of the repair, mm-hmm. but um, because the roof is quite a bit older and it's depreciated, so, but even so, you know, this is really going to help us out financially um, moving forward this year. So keeping your insurance policies up to date It's just, I find it's one of those hard things to remember to do, but I think it's really valuable. I agree. So for me, I think around in July, around the same time, Kathy, when you experienced your hailstorm, our area, I live near Joliet, and we had a Derrico, which is like a crazy high wind situation, and we had trees down all over the place, like everywhere. And then that was kind of scary. And then I think earlier in the year, we had like a tornado warning. I think it's a watch. It's a watch, right? When it's like, watch, you need to go downstairs. So the I was warning is my... like, get take cover. Okay, yes. warning. So that's what it was. Mm-hmm. It was a tornado warning. And I was freaking out because I was home alone because I think my son and husband were someplace else. I think they were up north in Wisconsin. And so I had to like grab all the cats. <laughs> so if you can imagine me like with carrying like lots of cats down the stairs, I was like, get in here. We're going to die. I'm picturing it. <laughs> They're like, what are you doing? I'm like, we have to get downstairs to the basement. So those are the only things I've really experienced. I know that cities close to me have experienced tornadoes, mm-hmm. especially in my time in extension. Like literally think the first tornado hit within six months of my starting. So those are things I've experienced as an adult. So I've lived a lot in a lot of places in this country mm-hmm. over the last few years. And it's just like different things, but mainly in the Midwest. So things like blizzards, like dealing with that, just like some of the damages that have come out of that, whether it's to the car or to our house. Um, so I've gone through some of that. So moving to like central Illinois was the first time I experienced kind of like a tornado warning. And I remember like out driving and just hearing reports coming through and what that kind of felt like and seeing like 
the darker clouds and, and all of that. So this is my first time experiencing that um, when I first moved here. But for me, um, like for our family, um, how we think about like our housing and what it's going to look like and how we need to prepare, like that has changed so much over time for us mm-hmm. because of where we live. But yeah, thank you both for sharing those. I was just going to say, I just listening to you both it, and thinking about similar things that have happened to me driving, you know, listening to those tornado warnings, trying to figure out where they are. You know, it just makes your adrenaline go up. I mean, oh, yeah. I just feel my stress level rising thinking yeah. about these things. And, you know, I think this is one of those things where disasters and planning for disasters, it's scary business, right? And it's mm-hmm. emotional. And a lot of times when we have emotional things, it's easier to avoid them than to to plan for them. I mean, Mm -hmm. just I'd rather think about it later than plan for it. Oh, yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. so, but I think, you know, it's also if we can just reemphasize that planning can help once you get over that hurdle and you get started on the planning, it can help lower your stress level. And then when that does, if, and I'm not wishing this on anybody, but on if a disaster happens or something breaks, then your stress will be lower because you'll know where you stand. You'll know what you can do, you know, and you'll have the financial resources backing you to help you and your family get to the next step and to recover. You know, it can't take care of everything, but it really helps. And that is a great point that leads us to another part of our discussion as we're exploring like different resources on how do you prepare your finances for like a natural disaster. So we know, of course, natural disaster, we can't control, but we can prepare for like the impact of that and what that's to mean and so you know you're doing a little bit of research for this i found a lot of different um, resources from fema from the cdc consumer financial protection bureau and other online sources such as Bankrate. and one of the articles from Bankrate goes straight to a point that kathy made thinking about like your home repairs and what improvements you need to make or update any kind of changes relating to your house so budgeting like for repairs viewing like your insurance policies to see what coverage you do have and what gaps there are in your coverage. So that's a big piece too when we're thinking about like preparing our finances for the unexpected. Another piece with that too, you know, thinking about like where you live and and how all disasters are not the same. So making sure that within, again, within like your insurance policies, you're reviewing to see what is actually covered. And also just remembering a kind of a little tip. Sometimes I think we gauge how much insurance we need, especially for home insurance based on the market value or what we anticipate the market value would be of our home. But depending on where you live and on your house and things like that, sometimes the rebuild cost is higher than the market value. And so you might want to talk to your agent about if you really want to rebuild in your own community, if it's because your house really gets taken all the way out by a tornado or a wildfire or whatever, you know, how do you how do you protect for that? How, what can the insurance company help with that? Mm-hmm. And I just want to chime in as a, a former insurance agent that you should definitely try to do an insurance analysis at least once a year to kind of like combat those things like what Kathy was talking about, but just try to make it a yearly conversation because I mean, since I purchased my house, I put a brand new roof on it. I put in a new sliding glass door. There's all these things that if my house was completely leveled to the ground would be more expensive than just, you know, like if it we hadn't done those updates. So just a, a tip. And I think these and 
annual things we always say annually do this and annually <laughs> do that mm -hmm. and sometimes it helps me to kind of fix a date in my mind that's tied to something else so like I usually do a net worth statement in you know the beginning of April um, just because then I would have my documents available so maybe if you want to review your insurance papers look at your calendar and think to yourself it's a good time like you know June 1st or when's a time that works into your life that you could kind of mark that as an annual event maybe on your birthday because you can remember that or something like that so I was gonna, gonna say your birth month is that usually that time when I've been told like go get go see your doctor go talk to your financial planner go do xyz like it's just easy to remember so that it gets done every year so happy birthday happy birthday <laughs> let's review your insurance sounds good <laughs> and I, I I like this too because it brings up another point that I saw in like some of the resources and that's when we're thinking about like what we're doing and how we're preparing for an emergency is creating like your emergency document kit and I did mention this in my earlier example of how I grew up um, preparing for um, natural disasters my mom used to make sure that all the important documents were secured and so with like these types of document kit recommendation are typically for like a fireproof waterproof box that you can store like important copies different documents in so like your home insurance policy, homeowner's policy, health information, mortgage, deeds, lease, different things like that, that you want to keep secure um, just in case something happens, in case there's a flood in or something else that happens. So wanted to make sure that you have those documents put away and are safe. You know, it's funny. I'm just thinking about this and I could be walking into something here, but... <laughs> Wouldn't it make sense to take like a photo or scan some of these documents and put them on the cloud? Yes, um, yes. You know, we're always talking about like, mm -hmm. you know, these waterproof boxes that, you know, which all make sense or fireproof boxes. And it's certainly, you know, you'd want to think about the security of the cloud, but like, honestly, on the home ownership policy, there's nothing that's that private, you know, you want to protect like your social security number, mm -hmm. things like that, but at least the phone numbers and the contact information Mm -hmm. of all the people you're going to need to reach. I just think that one way, maybe it's duplicate it, but would be to put it up on the cloud. Yes, and that's one of the recommendations to do like a password protected removable flash drive. So, and sometimes people think of like you still gotta like wake up in the morning, wake up and find the flash drive in the middle of a disaster. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like. <laughs> You know, that's one of the recommendation, but just like you said, like saving things in a cloud, I have, for me personally, I have things backed up where it's not just in one place. So having like the important documents backed up, that's a very, very good suggestion. And there's some documents that you need the original for too. So sure. I mean, it's still definitely a good idea to keep the waterproof box, but maybe it doesn't need to be like a huge safe that you carry out while the house is on fire or something. So, and sometimes when you're in a disaster area, even getting on the cloud, like finding a computer, finding something that's charged is a problem. So having a document that you could pull out and make the phone calls, I think that is really have value. So I'm not sure that we want one or the other, but right. I just like to encourage people to think about, are there some of these things where it would make sense to put them up on the cloud mm -hmm. and then as a backup plan, have them in a place. And I know, you know, having things in a box or something that you, you know, is your most important stuff you can grab and go. I think that is a really important consideration. I know that a lot of my relatives in California have their bag packed by the front door with the wildfires. Mm. And I'm hoping that along with the family scrapbooks, they've got their financial documents in there too. <laughs> so well, knowing your family, they do because they have you. So, oh yeah, because they listen to me so well. <laughs> 
<laughs> I am the big sister, though. So, you know. And I even think about just like differences in how people feel about like where they store important documents to as we're thinking about, as Kathy mm-hmm. says, neither either or, but just thinking about people have different comfort level in where Absolutely. they store their different mm-hmm. documents. Yeah. So we've been talking a lot about like natural disasters and I also want to talk a bit more about just like general emergencies and we've done mm-hmm. a lot on like preparing um, our budget for emergencies like bracing for like the impact of different things that might happen to us so whether it's like a leaky roof or um, a car repair just different things that might affect us and before we even go into a bigger discussion I wanted to share a really nice article that I, I read it's from the Harvard Business Review and it's by the author um, Alex Hemmer. And so Alex, the international student with no dental insurance. So this was his, how did I survive my financial emergency? So he was just talking about his situation and explaining a little bit more about who he was and the kind of experience that he has as an international student with like no dental insurance. So he described going to the dentist and having like some different issues that he had to get corrected. And when he received the bills, we week later he was so overwhelmed by it so he described just his immediate reaction to like seeing like the cost of that bill what it felt like as he was trying to process you know how he was going to pay for it so he said the first thing he went to was to look to see what was his monthly expenses how he was going to be able to pay this bill off so what he did was talk to his partner to just figure out what's a good strategy to work on like this emergency and so he shared like a couple great points. So this is was his way of dealing with like this um, financial emergency. And he shared that one of the first thing he did was try to embrace like a positive mindset. So he went, took a deep breath and even though he was shocked and he was a little stressed in the beginning. So just to kind of think more about that. And then mm-hmm. he, you know, embraced a little bit of support from others that he trusted to help him work through it. And after that, things kind of settled down a little bit for him emotionally. So he looked into whether or not they had like a payment plan option, you know, just to work with like his dental office just to get that taken care of. And another piece that he talked about was, you know, focusing on like his expenses to see like what those were. So take ownership of what he had coming in and what he had going out to Mm -hmm. just try to understand more about how he could handle this emergency. And I wanted to share this example because I thought it was very interesting. And it's, it's a real situation that a lot of students and a lot of people have faced. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to know sometimes how to react in the beginning and how to move on to get that taken care of. I think that's really excellent. And if I could just add like a couple of pieces that I've learned through kind of a hard school, a rock <laughs> fear is yeah. when you are dealing with especially a large disaster in your home, whether it's a flood or roof problem or whatever, it gets very overwhelming again, because emotionally you're very tied in. Like you've just lost part of your house. You've lost materials, possessions. Mm-hmm. It's a mess. It smells. It's just all these things come into play that are are very personal. And so one of the things I really found that helped me was to really document my conversations with different people. So whatever Mm -hmm. system works best for you, if it's a file folder, if it's notes on your phone, but 
to start really keeping your records together. So when somebody sends you a message, you have a place that you save it. If you talk to somebody on the phone, you jot down who you talk to, when you talk to them, what they said they were going to do. And, you know, if somebody sends you some money for a repair, but then you have to do X, Y, Z before you get more money, which is very common, you know, that you have a way to like mark down those dates to remind yourself that, you know, you've got to get this paperwork back if you're going to get the money next. And there's just like this process and document that process and finding a way to kind of corral it is a little different than your normal financial process that you might be already kind of have your hands and control over. So that's my tip to y'all is set some space and Mm -hmm. a way of organizing it because then too, like at the end, like if the repairs aren't satisfactory or you don't feel like it worked out quite the way you had talked about it or thought it was going to work out, you can go back and see what you've got documented and work from there. I just want to chime in that the University of Minnesota has a really great resource. It's called Emergency Fund Before Disaster Strikes, and that is available for free online. So we'll pop that in the show notes, but it does have a really great place to to do all the things that Kathy just talked about, like a log of making sure that you document conversations. So just wanted to throw that in. Part of it is you're just so emotionally tied up in it. You can't really remember the conversations well, right? Things just get mixed up in your brain. That's so very true. And we're talking big dollars, too. So it's like, oh, mm-hmm. definitely. Another great resource that I found for this from the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau had to do with, you know, when we are thinking about recovering or rebuilding from like natural disasters and other emergencies. And were some step by step process that we could think about? And it doesn't always happen this way. Right. So when disasters strike, lots of times certain rule of thumb, just go out the door and you're just trying to figure it out. But I'm a really nice guideline from them. You you know, follows like the steps of making a plan. So spending time like documenting like financial information. And that also includes what what Kathy was just talking about with like those conversations and then adding like contact emergency numbers that you might need for different Mm -hmm. things. And another point that I really like from this talks about taking care of some of your most urgent financial issues first. A lot of different things are going to maybe compound as you're dealing with like that emergency, but making sure that the things that are most urgent that you focus on those first. And then a third and final point that I like about this is the watch out for scams and frauds. And we've covered a lot on like financial exploitation. And so that's a big thing. Um, You know, you, your family are going through a lot and others out there just find a way to try to exploit that. And so Mm -hmm. making sure you're watching out for scams and different things that could affect like your overall um, journey towards like recovery. We have had so many people knocking on our door about roof damage from the hailstorm or car damage from the hailstorm and I'm not saying that those were all scams or frauds but I think before I want to enter into something that's cost a significant amount of money to repair definitely you want to do some comparison shopping check people's credentials Mm -hmm. the first person that walks up and knocks on your door may or may not be the best person to work with right it's very true (laughs) so I really love this conversation we have a few takeaway points for you all and I know with like this is more of like a somber topic that um, we do find that it's very important and there's a ton of resources out there for folks to and we'll provide some of that so what would you say are some of the key takeaways when we talk about preparing for natural disasters and other emergencies put you right on the spot they didn't know i was going to ask them this question (laughs) you know i think you know one 
do your comparison shopping for insurance companies and insurance mm -hmm. policies before your disaster so that you have a company that you feel is going to have your back if and when there is a disaster. And I don't want to say when, but I think most households at some point end up with some kind of a natural disaster insurance claim. So yeah. that's not based on research. That was Kathy's gist of it. <laughs> so we could have looked that one up. But we love you your know, wisdom. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, so in a way, you know, you're preparing. You don't know when it's going to happen. Happen, but there's a good chance that sometime you'll need to work with your insurance company. So doing that shopping in comparison beforehand, because then you're going to live with them. And then, you know, we talked about documenting it. And then, you know, for some people, they're very organized and they have a good sense of their records and they know where things are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and in our pre-conversation, Stacia even talked about the value of taking a video of your house possessions where you just walk from room to room, open up your drawers, open up your closets and, and take those pictures so that if you do have to do an inventory of what you lost, you have this information mm -hmm. to share with the insurance company. Those are fantastic ideas. I think if you're not as organized, do what you can and get as yeah. much documented as possible and know where your documents are, whether they're on a flash drive or the box or you know up on cloud or they're in your file drawer. Because if you have to get out of your home quickly or a disaster strikes, you're really not going to have a lot of time to find that stuff maybe. So, you know, this is one of those things where this could be a big financial issue, like not mm -hmm. just, you know, a couple hundred dollars. This could be a lot of money. And so preparing for it makes a lot of sense. So if you are spending a lot of time maybe on a financial task that saves you a dollar or two here or there, have you spent time on your insurance and preparing for the unexpected? So I just want to chime in um, and say, I think the conversations we've been having is really great. A key takeaway was I worked for a large insurance company when the Joplin tornado came in 2011. And that was a very large F5 tornado that demolished the town. Like if you get a chance to go back and look at some of the photos, um, it was really devastating. And I worked for a district manager at the time. So he like managed agents so all their agents were working with their clients, you know, to help figure out what's going on with their homes. And he went down there multiple times um, during that week or not the week, you know, but he went down there multiple times after the disaster happened. And just to hear him talk about how many people were willing to help and willing to help others is really a positive uplifting thing for me. So I just want to say if a natural disaster does happen in your area, that is significant, that people will be able to help. People will be looking to help in any way that they can. And so I just wanted to help like lift it on a, a positive note. Awesome. And I wanted to add, you know, involving other members of your household, of your family, and like your decisions that you're making regarding how you're going to prepare for natural disasters. Mm -hmm. And I remember being very young and um, we would have like these national messages that come on and, you know, they would talk about like the role that the parents play and preparing the kids to let them know what's going on. Because sometimes we, for a lot of time, parents, you want to protect your children from certain things, but having them aware of some of the different things that might happen in terms of natural disaster so in your preparedness efforts to get them involved in that my other point that i wanted to share um, key takeaway is understanding where to find like local state and federal resources and i know for like some of the federal websites when you go on to like fema and websites like that they have of course the federal level but they also provide local level referrals that you can get for different things that you might have concerns about so whether it's agent services consumer services or crisis counseling 
Franklin. They have a lot of different resources with the local numbers and contact person to get you in, in contact with the right people. This has been a really good discussion. I, I feel like this is one of our, I keep using the word somber, one of our more somber discussions, but it's it's really good. I think it's just good to be remembered to be prepared. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we kind of look at finances in boxes sometimes. We actually did this on a Facebook Live like a really long time ago now, <laughs> but we looked at, you know, like all the different things that you can tackle. And I think just remembering to take one at a time instead of trying to eat the whole elephant, Mm -hmm. you know, so whether that's, you know, this month, okay, well, we heard Kathy and Kamaya and Faisha talk about disaster preparedness. So that's what we're going to do this month, this month from, you know, October 15th to November 15th, we're going to figure out, you know, like our insurance and get that updated and, you know, like look at the house and talk about like, if there's a fire, what happens? If there's a tornado, what happens? If there's a flood, what happens? So I just think being prepared is good, but don't, don't eat it all in one bite. No. And I do think with, you know, most people's cell phones doing video calls, you know, that's, you don't have to get it perfect to do a document of what's in your household, right? So sometimes Mm -hmm. I think we put off those tasks because we're like, Mm -hmm. well, I want till I have a great big block of time and I can really do it right. Right. Okay, fine. That's great. But for right now, just walk around for 15 minutes and turn your video camera on. (laughs) And, you know, open up some of the closets because you'll never believe if you start adding Mm -hmm. up all those shirts, how much they cost, but you're going to need, you know, you might need to like document that you had X number. So sometimes we think of the big things we have to replace, but the household personal problems property, all the different items, those really add up over time. So, or add up if you had to replace them. So walk around, just do it. 15 minutes. Boom. Done. Excellent. Put it in a safe place. <laughs> well, Kathy, Sasha, thank you so much for talking with me about this topic. Um, I think it's very important. So I'm, I'm grateful that we got a chance to talk about this topic. Me too. Thank you. Thank you. Until thank you. next time. Thanks for listening to Family Financial Feuds. If you'd like to learn more about the educators, Extension in Illinois, or just personal finance in general, you can check us out on the web at www.retirewell.illinois.edu.